Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! summer welcome in hopefully you're having a great day hopefully you got big plans for the weekend thanks so much for spending some time with us it's Coulter Nuanas, Rajim Seabrook red hot Nuanas now coming at you here on your Friday ton of stuff to get to as always when Rogers in studio basically I just make an outline with as many possible subjects as possible on it and then we just go until we can't go anymore we should start calling it freestyle Friday also appreciate that's that's it Freestyle Friday. Sold. Sold. Here we are. I also appreciate Tommy for sitting on the other side of the glass, as always. And uh, our good buddy Andrew, he's down in Salt Lake City. The UFC big fight 
on uh, tomorrow night, and uh, I can't wait for Andrew to get back, mostly to just get give his uh, his takeaways from this. We, we we talk a fair amount of MMA and UFC around here. Actually, one of the things that uh, the, I don't know, I, we've never really talked about this on the show. One of the things that the, the little media core here in Missoula, some of the, the sports reporters share, is a love of MMA. So we get together. The, pretty much the only time we ever do anything socially is when we gather for UFC stuff. I've actually only participated in two of these fight nights, but there's a other group that includes uh, Kyle Hansen from MTN, Frank Gogola from the Missoulian, uh, and they they get together. And Andrew uh, Houghton, our producer here at ESPN Radio, and uh, they get together every every month pretty much for UFC. And now they're taking the show on the road. They're down there in Salt Lake City, so I can't wait to get uh, firsthand analysis of all of that. There's also UFC going on. I guess not UFC, but MMA, mixed martial arts, going on in Missoula tomorrow night. So that's what I'm going to be doing. I'll be down there at the Paddlehead Stadium. The Fight Fusion League is in town. So there's a, a variety of fights. There's some amateur fights. There's some semi-pro fights. And there's three pro fights as well, including two professional fights featuring Missoulians. We had Justin Harmison in studio earlier this week. He's fighting in one of the co-main events in the heavyweight uh, bout. They also had Connell Power. I guess we had Matt Powers in the studio. His son, Connell Powers, is also fighting in one of the co-main events uh, in the uh, featherweight division. So that's what I'm doing uh, tomorrow night. But it's uh, it's pretty crazy how fast summer goes. We've already been talking football all week, and we'll be talking a lot of football here today as well. But... Uh, we're in a full-fledged football mode next week. I mean, crazy to think this, but Montana, University of Montana opens fall camp next week. So does Montana State. We're hitting the road uh, next week on Wednesday. We'll be in Bozeman for media day, uh, and then we'll have full coverage of both uh, Montana and Montana State opening up fall camp. And when does Sentinel start? Rajim's a coach at Sentinel. When does Sentinel Two start? Two weeks, man. Yeah, so high schools is right around the corner as well. Crazy how fast it flies by. Oh, man, this is the fastest way to lose 12 pounds <laughs> isn't in 14 the, days. Isn't that, Two a days, baby. Isn't Let's go. is that the truth? Uh, so we'll go all the way around the wide world of sports here uh, in the first hour. We're also going to follow up on our Olympians from Montana conversation. I, I can't believe this. I found this great database that had what I thought was all of the Olympians from Montana. You guys are so smart. I always tell you, if I ever miss anything, text in. You guys text it in right away. But I have to tell you, of the database I had, plus the crowdsourcing that is all of you millions of listeners around the world, I, we all forgot the most famous Olympian from Montana. I can't believe it. So we'll get to that uh, here in hour number one as well. And I, I want to guess. Okay, well, you certainly can. Okay. Uh, also, last week, I sort of breezed through. We were talking about Shotei Otani. We were talking about the uh, the epic night in baseball where there was like 12 teams that scored 10 or more runs. I had on the outline prompted the most unbreakable records in baseball, and I didn't get Rajim's crack at what he thought were some of the most unbreakable records. So we'll do that as well. Our number two, Big Sky Conference, plus uh, pretty much just straight talk. You guys telling us what you want to talk about. I have saved what I thought were sort of the five most cohesive texts about the Big Sky Conference and football in general from you guys. You guys have been great. It's a Vinally Friday. <laughs> and it's Vinally Friday, yeah, exactly. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll keep getting to those, and we'll also talk some prep football as well. It's, uh, it's a show outlook here uh, on Nuanas. Now, Tommy, how you living behind the glass? Are you so excited to be here today? 
I think you're talking to me, but I can't find the right button to push here. Hang on. Did you just hear me doing my trail voice tracks a second I, I ago? I did. I did. Yeah, I, I was, I was doing the, a trail uh, promo. Sorry about that. I wonder if the ESPN people heard that, too. I don't know. I, I can't. I, I, use, I built this place. I, I've spent so little time in this room in the last three years. I don't know what button I'm pushing. I don't. You, you asked how I'm doing behind the glass? Yeah, doing good. Yeah, you got that Florence Are you coffee, joking baby. me? I was worried that our friendship had waned to the side because <laughs> you used to bring me coffee all the time. And then today, out of nowhere, you show up with this iced, cold coffee. So I'm great, Colt. I, well, maybe the best day I've had all week. There you go. Well, it is a uh, Friday. That means it's a Florence Coffee Cubby Friday. Uh, Tommy, you must have pushed some button that made it sound echoey in my ear. Now, oh, there, there we go. go. That yeah, better? Th- there we go. <laughs> The original producer, back behind the glass. It's a Friday. That means it's a Floco Friday. Uh, we're drinking Lotuses. Tommy's got himself a little triple shot iced Americano. Cool down with a nice caffeinated drink. It's Friday night. You can stay up late. No matter where you're at in Missoula, there is a Florence Coffee Company uh, near you. We'll also continue to do our uh, Around the Wide World of Hip Hop. Uh, the 50th anniversary of hip-hop officially is August of this year. So that's next week. For those keeping track, but Rajim has been giving us great history lessons and uh, a, a rather obscure playlist today. So I can't wait to learn about some of the tracks we'll be playing uh, on the show today as well. Uh, the first thing to talk about, the Women's World Cup is going on right now. And uh, the United States played on Wednesday night. And they tied. And that's newsworthy because the United States was not supposed to do anything but win during the group stage. They are certainly the overwhelming favorites in this tournament. They are the two-time defending World Cup champions. Women's soccer and the United States women's soccer national team are arguably uh, the, the best women's team, certainly one of the most prominent women's teams in the, in the country and the world. And uh, th- they were serious favorites in the World Cup. So a tie, certainly newsworthy, albeit though it did come... Uh, to the Netherlands, and the Netherlands is the team that the United States played in the championship match of the World Cup last uh, time around. So certainly a formidable opponent, but uh, also certainly it shows you just the prestige and the uh, expectation of the United States women's team when you tie and people are sort of all up in arms about it. Did, Raj, did you watch this? Did you did you catch any of this on Wednesday night? Dude, I... I you, you've been up... You've been camp counseling, right? I was, and what, what I was doing, though, was I found the sweet spot at camp. Oh, nice. Where there was, like, one and a half bars. Oh, nice. And what do I do instead of, like, you know, trying to solve the world's problems? I'm like, let's tune into sports. You know, the most, <laughs> like, just entertaining thing to do while I'm up there. I, I do think, though, that analyzing the Women's World Cup... And the United States national team actually is a sort of entry point to uh, solving some of the world's problems. Well, I, you know, they're some of the great advocates for equality when it comes to female athletics and like equal pay. I mean, you know, Megan Rapinoe has 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 shaken up the world quite a bit over the last eight years, and it's pretty impressive. No, one of my one of my social justice heroes. Like, there should be a lot more equality and equity in the in, in sports across the board, especially when you think about the quality of the sport here in America. Uh, our national women's teams are are, are better, and they. They go further than our national men's team. So, but that's another. We digress. Another story for another day. I caught a lot of clips and highlights uh, of you know a couple of the different games. It was just, it's amazing. Like first and foremost, before we get like to kind of dive into the games, like as a non-soccer player, like just watching it is exhausting. 
Oh, man. It is exhausting. The only other sport that I can liken it where, like, I'm exhausted, like, I'm actually, like, breathing heavy from it, like, and I don't know why I do that, is boxing. Sure. It's just so exhausting, like, just the running up and down, running up and down for, you know, a one-nothing score. It's a lot of running for nothing, but I just, watching it this time around, I just, I was mesmerized and it's weird because the older I get the more I pay attention to like little things like that sure. but just again just totally mesmerized and just in total awe of the physical display of and the athletic display that I saw during uh, during some of these matches it is Nuanas now happy Friday everybody if you want to stream the show you always can on the ESPN MT app or on our station website 1029ESPN.com you can always watch SWX Montana Television. Then you always got your good old bread and butter, 102.9 FM, ESPN, uh, Missoula. Raji M. Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuanas, uh, in the ESPN MT studio. Who want to be a part of the show, keep them coming in, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029, and all guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. I want to stick on this just for a second. Because I, I, we've had some interesting conversations about the women's national team already. I do think that when it comes to uh, equity and equal pay, it, it's it's uphill sledding in terms of the argument on the female side just because of the massive amounts of revenue that's produced by professional men's sports. That's why this United States women's team, though, is such great advocates for that said equality. Because as you mentioned, uh, the success level is... is uh, is not up for debate. The United States women's national team has been significantly better than the United States men's national team when it comes to soccer. Also, though, the star power of the United States women's team is so profound as well. So, I don't know. I mean, I I have sort of the assertion that this that the United States women's national team in soccer is the most prominent and prestigious women's sports team in the world. Can you think of anybody else that's comparable? No, uh, not now. There uh, for for a minute there. Um, there's been some. There's been some w- college some women's, college bas- women's yeah. basketball teams, like the Ma- abs- like the Maya Moore, uh, uh, some UConn, UConn teams, teams. Absolutely, a sure. couple of those uh, teams, a couple of Stanford teams, uh, a couple of Tennessee teams. I think the biggest difference with the United States women's national team for soccer, though, is that there's been several uh, gals that have been part of it, the team, for so long. Like, you can only be in college for four or five years. I guess now the COVID area can be in college for seven or eight years. But regardless. I know. You can go to you can go to college, and by the time you graduate, but, your eldest child right, is a right, freshman. Right. <laughs> but, but, but the United States women's national team, I mean, Megan Rapinoe's in her fourth World Cup. Uh, yes. Alex Morgan's in her third World Cup. Yes. Hope Solo played in three World Cups. Mia Hamm played in three World Cups. Yes. Brandi Chastain, Julie Foudy. You could be on that. You could be in the sort of spotlight for a lot longer. So I don't know. I, I I just really admire these gals. I think that they have accelerated the game of soccer in America more than any other group of people. And uh, I, I just I think that they are absolutely worth all of the adoration and uh, marketing and and all the stuff that they get. Absolutely, it is well deserved and it's well earned. And I think that you know for the amount of 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 glory. And, and attention and I dare say capital that our country gains from these athletes when especially when they're doing well um, they should be rewarded and 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 honored um, w- without a doubt one of my favorite uh, stories in sports I know it's uh, 93 degrees in the shade right now and it's supposed to be 98 degrees in the sun tomorrow but if you're passionate about skiing and looking for a career in the ski industry, Lost Trail Ski Area, family-owned and operated ski area, is growing and hiring. 
At Last Trail, you'll be working with awesome people in an amazing place with great benefits. Last Trail is seeking three dedicated individuals to join their growing lift, maintenance, and operations team by early August. Training will be provided, so they, they need you right now. I know it's not; it doesn't seem like ski season's coming up, but they're doing this hiring uh, the next two weeks. So uh, training will be provided. These are full-time positions, and they offer excellent growth potential for anyone looking to advance in the ski industry. For job descriptions, benefits, and to apply, visit lasttrail.com backslash employment. I tell you what, if, if, uh, if I could do it again, and, you know, I have, I have no complaints. I never want to live any life with regret. But uh, I definitely was on a fast track academically when I was a young person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I graduated college when I was 21 years old and, and dived right into my career. That's why I'm a, you know, 17-year veteran, even though I'm only in my mid-30s in this industry. But I wish I would have ski-bummed it just for like a year or two. You know, I wish I would have just been a lifty and, and traveled around and, and done the thing. So if you want to go live some fun life and... and uh, Relive my youth for me. LostTrail.com backslash uh, employment. Uh, Rajiv Seabrook kicking it with us. Let's talk some NFL. There's been uh, yes. a lot of stuff going down. Mostly athletes. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. I I am Mr. Skeptical. Anybody who listens to the show knows that. But yesterday, uh, Joe Burrow, the franchise quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, certainly one of the best players in the National Football League, uh, he, he had a little roll to his right, and he pulled up, and then he went down, and... To me, it looked like a quintessential Achilles tear. They are spinning it as it's not. They're saying it's a calf injury and that he's week to week. Uh, Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, said today, uh, Joe got more days this July than he ever has in the NFL, and I felt really good about his progress. We were making during July's practices. Uh, and when he'll be able to get back, we will certainly uh, put in the work we need, but they're expecting him back in a couple weeks. I hope that's true. This has been sort of a new thing now. In the NFL and the NBA... You're required to put out injury reports. Mm-hmm. Those injury reports aren't necessarily be required to be accurate. It's like when Paul George hurt his knee the last week of the regular season, and they said he was day to day because they wanted the team, the Clippers wanted the team that they were playing in the playoffs to prepare for him, and then he had knee surgery right after the playoffs was over. I all I'm saying is don't let my cynicism get to you here, though, because I hope. I hope, I hope, I hope that it's just a calf injury and not an Achilles injury because he's as important to his team as any quarterback in the NFL. Joe who? Joe Burrow, baby. Joe who? Sorry, I had to. I just had to be kind of <laughs> prickly for him doing that to Patrick Mahomes a couple of weeks. And he sure. was like, Patrick who? Um, you know, when you watch the clip, it looks like an Achilles. It looks like a calf strain or the dreaded high ankle sprain. Sure, maybe. Like in, in any... Either of those three or a combination of any of them um, is not good, especially for a guy that has taken a lot of hits behind that offensive line over the last two years in particular. So if he is hindered at any point this season due to this injury and his mobility is cut in half, I fear for the Bengals' um, success rate because of the amount of hits Joe Burrow actually does take. For sure. Uh, and, and for the folks that don't look, look up the stats. That's right. Like, like that, that's, that line, well, albeit good, does have some porous aspects to it. We, we, talk, we talk so much about this. There's guys that are true running quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson. Truth. But then there's guys that are just good in the pocket and good outside the pocket, even though they don't actually get upfield or run that much. Right. The two best at that are Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow. Without a doubt. Joe Burrow's ability to maneuver in the pocket, I mean, that's his secret sauce, right? Is he could kind of feel the rush from behind and still sling it. Make off 
time off angle throws that are still super accurate and then take the hit. He gets hit as much as any quarterback in the league. Oh, absolutely. And I just think, you know, if 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 this goes into the season, um you know, one first and foremost, like football aside, I fear for his health. Like that's just you you don't want some dude that can run a five flat that's three hundred and fifteen pounds and can bench like four and a quarter. Like that's just not a healthy uh, outcome for for anybody. And what I fear is with an injury like this, if his if his mobility is limited in any which way, given the histrionics and the history of that line, um, I, I'm not sure how how much Joe Burrow is standing uh, by season's end. Well, we hope he's okay. Absolutely. Uh, if it's a torn Achilles. See ya. It's 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 tough twofold because one, you know, the Achilles is not the kiss of death. Like there is really not a kiss of death anymore because orthopedic surgery is just so good now. Yeah, unless it's like a neck, totally, or a, like a lower spine, yeah, like right. you know, spinal injuries, things, or concussion. The problem with for Burrow though is this: if it's a if it's something that's season ending, it will be the fourth time he's done that, including the second time in the NFL. Yes, correct. The mental strain is what's the hard part. Coming back from it, going through it again. I think he's got the fortitude and the makeup for sure. I'm just really hoping that that's not... We're not even in the full training camp yet. You can't, no. be, you can't be... I mean, Joe Burrow's one of the 10 best players in the NFL. You can't be losing this guy before the season even starts. That'd be disappointing for everybody. It changes the... Well, it, was, it would be sad for him, but it's just sad for any NFL fan because all of a sudden, the narrative, all the stuff that was talking about offseason, sure. the stuff going into season, I mean, was this the season Patrick Mahomes was going to be usurped? Think like, about... All, think, the, think all about, the things. Think, think about how much... You, exactly. Think about how much it cha- would change the AFC. One... The number one contender in the AFC to knock off the Chiefs is the Bengals. The only Absolutely. team that's beaten the Chiefs in the playoffs over the last four years is the Bengals. Totally. But also then it has repercussions across that whole division. At, well, across the whole AFC. For sure. In, 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 uh, in, in but if you're the Ra- if you're the Ravens, you better go win. If Joe Burrow's you're out, you better chops. go win that division. You're licking your if chops. If you're the Browns, you better figure out a way to make the playoffs. And if you're the Steelers, you can't be pulling up the rear if the Bengals don't have their franchise guy. Kenny, my hands are too small. Pick it. Absolutely. <laughs> but the other thing is, the, and we're talking about ripples, right? Now it puts a, it throws a certain, um, I don't want to say shade or tenor or a certain complexion onto other teams like the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. Now with a team out of the way, it galvanizes teams like that. Now someone's got to fill that slot. If, the, if Joe Burrow's not available, someone's got to fill that slot. You know, it's and then the questions will uh, go to uh, um, Justin Herbert. They'll go to to Josh Allen. They'll go to the quarterbacks of that nature, and then the scrutiny, the attention, and the focus and frames of reference shift sharply if this guy actually does go down and is unable to come back. It gives uh, it gives guys like you a lot to talk it about. It definitely does. Uh, the other thing is you got to throw this in there is the money aspect. If Joe Burrow's hurt and he's, it could impact his future. That could be an injury that costs him a ton of money. I'm not going to speculate that because we don't know what the injury is. We don't know how long he's going to be out. But the first thing I thought of when Justin Herbert of the Los Angeles Chargers signed the richest deal in NFL Got history, paid. the first thing I thought of was, oh, Justin Herbert's going to be the richest player in the NFL until Joe Burrow signs a contract. For about 12 days. Because <laughs> <laughs> Burrow's going to get his re-up, and it, now we're off and running. But uh, we'll see. What do you think of, of Herbert's contract? I mean, this is just sort of the way it's going to go, right? Every quarterback is going to be the richest guy until the next one signs, right? Look, man. When Christian Kirk signed that weird receiver deal last year, that broke the bank. 
It, 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 it literally sent ripples. The second contract that changed the landscape forever going forward for guaranteed money, especially at the quarterback position, sadly to say, Danny Dimes now, a.k.a. Danny Dalla. No, for sure. Right? Dan, Danny, Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins are the ones that set this market. Set this market, and now we are going to see ungodly amounts of money being thrown at quarterbacks, uh, whether they deserve it or not. The craziest part is, though, is... That if you got one of the guys that's truly one of those top seven or eight guys, it is worth it. It is worth it because you're you're guaranteed you're guaranteed winning seasons and you almost also, every year. You also can't make a run without it. Oh, like no. the, the Vikings and the Giants. No, the Vikings and the Giants are both going to be playoff contenders this year, without a question. And right no, in the and middle they, of and the they pack, have no, and they have no chance to win the Super Bowl. Because they don't have Justin Herbert, and they don't have Patrick Mahomes, and they don't have Joe Burrow, and they don't have nope. you know Lamar Jackson and nope. uh, whoever else you want to throw nope. out there. Jalen Hurts. No, they're the, they're the masters of the middle of the pack. We've had a lot of riches lately, and that's going to be a trend because of the TV money that's available, because of just the, the revenue that's being produced. Ungodly. But Jalen Brown is now the richest player in NBA history. Ooh. That's also only going to last for a little while and whoever's next. But what did you think of the Celtics uh, doubling down? I mean, Jalen Brown was very good last year, but the Celtics have also sort of just been stuck. They've been, yeah. they've been conference finalists for four years in a row. I don't know if they can get over the top with this group, but well, they, now they've invested in one of the guys that's been a huge part of it the last several years. Without a doubt. The first and foremost, I just want to zoom out of sports. Like, what is this? What is wrong with our world that we're paying athletes this much money? Are you kidding me? Like, this man, this gentleman, no disrespect to this fellow human being. I don't want to take anything away. Like, you're part of the 1% that are able to do what you do physically. But at the end of the day, my man, my fellow human, fellow humans... We're playing a game, and this guy's sure. making 60 mil. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's, ridiculous. it's just ridiculous. And just like football, this, again, will just set the bar going down the line. The, and I just, I don't know, Coulter. Like, it's starting to get a little ridiculous. The craziest part, though, is it's just basic business. And when you look at the actual numbers, th this is the craziest part. The pro sports teams, the owners, <laughs> are getting the best deals. Oh. Because here's the deal. You can talk about Jalen Brown making $60 million a year. He's worth way more than that. Than totally. The, like, if I'm LeBron James, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to play for one year, $1 million for the $100 million for the rest of my career. That's what I would do. Yeah. Because LeBron James is absolutely worth more than $100 million a year to the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, absolutely. If you're able to pay someone $60 million a year... <laughs> You got nothing but Skrilla in your pocket. <laughs> like sixty, if you're able to give away right. sixty million a year, I mean, you're think, ma you're, you're make you own the bank that you're making money think on. Think about how rich Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson are. They can only buy small percentages of pro sports franchises. That's how rich the people that own pro sports franchises are. Oh, hi, preacher. You're the, I'm the choir. I get it, man. <laughs> I, I get, like, the sports freakonomics world. Like, it's ridiculous, my friend. Uh the other another one we'll maybe come back to because I actually do want to talk about the the greater meaning behind this. But Kylian Mbappe, who is the <laughs> in, the the French uh, superstar soccer player, fifty two million, fifty seven million, name nothing, seven hundred and seventy five million dollars to play for a Saudi Arabian soccer team next season. That's one season, seven hundred and seventy five million. We'll come back to that because there's actually more meaning behind it. Uh, but we kind of got to get rolling. Let's get to some of the Montana stuff, and we'll come back to the NFL. Uh, we talked about this earlier this week, but. Uh, 
we've come to the end of the season for several different uh, diamond sport teams. The Helena Centers, the American Legion champions in Montana for the second year and second time in three years. They had an outstanding season this year. I think they went 52 and 14. Mm-hmm. Just mowed through the competition. They were certainly a team of destiny. They went undefeated at the state tournament here in Missoula this last week. So congratulations to them. Uh, the Zootown All-Stars, which is the U16 uh, softball squad, they were one game away uh, from the Little League World Series. Such an amazing run. And uh, they lost to Hawaii. They lost to Hawaii twice. They went 7-2 and two at the regional tournament this last week. They lost to Hawaii twice. Hawaii gets to punch the West Regional ticket, but still a great run mm-hmm. uh, by the Zootown All-Stars. And then uh, the Boulder Arrowhead Little League team, which is uh, out of Billings, uh, they uh, are also, uh, excuse me, this is also softball. They are right on the the, uh, the brink uh, of breaking through as well. Uh, excuse me, I mixed up my notes. This is this is the 11 and 12. This is major boys, like what the, the true Little League World Series is. And uh, the squad from Billings, they're one uh, step away from going to San Bernardino, California for the regionals as well. So uh, that could be pretty fun too. Uh, an update quickly from the Women's Amateur Golf uh, Championship here, the Montana Women's State Am. As of yesterday... Uh, this is at the Green Meadows Country Club in Helena. Uh, Anna Demers of Helena and uh, Lauren Greeny of Bozeman, they each shot opening round 71s, 73s, excuse me, plus one is their total score for the first round. And uh, we'll get you an update on what's going on uh, at the Women's State Am there at Green Meadows uh, in Helena. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I forgot the most prestigious, perhaps the most prestigious, Olympian ever to come out of Montana. We'll talk about that, plus the latest results from one of Missoula's favorites, Catherine Burkoff at the World Championships, our Garden City Spotlight Olympic style. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. tell Raj, I say, hey, send me the songs that you want to listen to today. And so he does, and then we, we give them to the production. But sometimes, you know how you, so, there's some songs that you know, but you don't really know, like, what they're called or who they're by? I've definitely heard this song. I didn't think I recognized any of the songs you had today, but I've definitely heard this one. So give us the scoop. What's the deal? Well, this week, first of all, Tommy, thanks for letting it ride out. You are my second favorite engineer outside of my stepfather. <laughs> Appreciate you. Um... So this week's hip-hop lesson was we've been talking about MCs, we've been talking about duos, we've been talking about groups, we've been talking about super groups. But the origin of M- the origin of hip-hop, or rap, depending on where you grew up and your perspective, there was always the MC who was sure. the guy who would talk or the you know person that would speak. Then there was the DJ that later evolved into the turntablist. Right. right. So this week, everything I gave you was was all DJ-inspired tracks. And DJs were able to, before sampling and re-recording came a thing, you would have to play a song, right. like an intro to a song for like 35 seconds, and then switch over to the exact same um, record playing simultaneously and just cut back and forth. Right. So you would just have the constant, what is now known as a loop. Um, playing over and over. And this is where some of the original pioneers of hip-hop. Oh, absolutely. Sugar Hill Gang. Sugar uh, Hill Gang. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. DJ Cool Herc. Yep. uh, Busy B. uh, Schooly Boy D. Well, Eric B. B and Rakim didn't even come until later. later, That's like 10 years after what we were just talking about. We're talking the late 70s, early 80s. For sure. Um, Like you said, Grandmaster Flash, African Bambata. Like a lot of those uh, early pioneers, early... um, 
early gods of hip-hop, if you will, that were able to just take two records and play it over and over and have someone speak their narrative over it. So this week I gave you a couple of different artists that um, from a couple of different genres and decades that uh, that were you know kind of inspired in popcorn. I always say um, DJs and mu- certain types of musical artists are kind of like presidents. Sure. Presidents set each other up, right? Right. If you go historically, like, we got Biden because people were done with Trump. We got Trump because people were done with Obama. We got Obama because people were done with... And if you go systematically the back... The pendulum swings back and forth. The same thing kind of happens in hip-hop. Like, you'll have this DJ that comes out and does something. Mm-hmm. And then it all of a sudden, that person hears something and then takes it to the next level. Right. Uh, and just or, keeps, or sometimes you have a severe contrast. Too, or you right? have a severe contrast. Like, gangster exactly. rap took over the world in the mid-1990s, and then it swung back all the way to the other side, cash money millionaires, and everybody's just rapping about cars and diamonds and clubs and whatever. Totally. And like, back and, and, forth, and, then, and forth. then there was the, you know, the total Afrocentric aspect totally. of it, talking about, you know, the, the more positive uh, um, things of of, of certain communities. So, um, yeah, DJs, turntablists are so essential. DJ Shadows, one, believe it or not, DJ Jazzy Jeff, who gets a lot, of, who for gets sure. clowned for a lot, but is amazing. Uh, Pete Rock, DJ Premier, I can go on and on. Let's get back to the wild world of sports. Thanks for uh, almost celebrating 50 years of hip-hop. We're on a countdown. <laughs> uh, obvi- obviously, love doing it. Roger M. Seabrook in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. It is Nuanas now here on ESPN Radio. Appreciate you for spending some time here on your Friday Coming up here in, uh, I don't know, about six weeks, the 19th annual SpawnCon happening Saturday, mm. uh, September 16th. This is the spontaneous construction event there at Home Resource. If you haven't been to Home Resource, you should go check it out. If you're a DIY person, you want to go here. This is a place you can find so many things that you probably need for your house. And the best news is it's all recycled from somebody else's house. And that's awesome because you can find totally functional, great stuff. And we can mitigate the waste in our community. Home Resource is an awesome place, and they host this spontaneous construction contest called SpawnCon. Every year, it's become one of the annual Missoula favorite traditions. Teams have seven hours to build the most masterful, functional, and creative piece they can dream of using only materials found at the Home Resource Reuse Store. Teams can be made up of just one person all the way up to five folks. You're provided a space to build, access to power, use of the welding and cutting stations. This is pretty cool. We have this cool turntable slash phonograph in the trail studio. Our team built that at SpawnCon several years ago. So you can certainly build some cool and also very functional stuff as well. There's all sorts of stuff associated with this, but if you want to find out more, homeresource.org backslash SpawnCon, or you can just swing by in person at Home Resource Reuse, 1515 Wyoming Street in Missoula. Time now for a Garden City Spotlight where we highlight some of the best of the best in the city of Missoula. It is presented by Missoula Electric Co-op. Missoula Electric Co-op focused on renewable energy. Missoula Electric Co-op has created three community solar programs for their members to take part in and benefit from. We talk about this young lady a lot. It's because she's one of the world-class athletes to come out of Montana at this exact moment in time. It's Catherine Burkoff. She's a Missoula Hellgate graduate. She's uh, currently at North Carolina State, but she's also been swimming on the world stage. She earned her first medal ever in the 100-meter backstroke on Tuesday, uh, finishing uh, in first place. Excuse me, in second place. She was was 0.72 seconds out of first place. So she got her first medal in the 100-meter backstroke. Her specialty, though, is the 50-meter backstroke. And she actually uh, stubbed her toe a little bit. This is sort of rare because she has won eight medals on the world stage 
in the uh, 50 meter backstroke. Last night, though, she swam tw- 27.38 seconds. That was the fourth best time across the two semifinals races. So she finished fifth overall because of not qualifying for the final heat. And uh, so outside of the medal. And that's surprising because she has medaled in this. She's won the silver medal in the 50-meter backstroke two different times on the world stage. Mm. Uh, but certainly plenty left to accomplish. I mean, you're talking about you're still, you know, I mean, you're swimming in the finals of the world championships. You are still absolutely at the top of your discipline. But we've been talking about Burkhoff, but also sort of in relation to the timing of all of this because I'm hoping the timing works out for her to make a run at the Olympics the next time the Olympics comes around. So we were talking about great Olympians from Montana, and I, I listed a whole bunch of them, but I forgot the most, probably the most prominent one. Who? You, you said you wanted to guess. Who do you think I might have forgot? Okay, so when I heard you originally, I thought you said most uh, Missoulian no, oh yeah, sure, Olympian, sure. but you're talking just Montanan overall. Yeah, that's right. It, it, the the low hanging fruit is Eric Burquist. I got I, I named Eric Burgess for sure. Again, I never forget Eric Burgess. First of all, because that that was just at a formative age for me. I was 11 years old when he won that gold medal. My dad had also bought his bike from Eric Burgess right before he went to the Olympics. Oh, son. <laughs> so then when he was in the Olympics, my dad was just rooting him on so hard. Like, I got that guy's bike. Let's go. <laughs> you know, that was also when I was 11. And, and you know, I'm skiing at Snowball every day. It was at the moment of time when I was like, oh, I'm going to be a freestyle skier. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, we, we named all the great skiers from Montana. Darian Stevens. Uh, who's from Missoula, Maggie oh, yeah. Boyson. Uh, we, we went through all of those, and, and we've named a what, whole bunch of Olympians. It, it couldn't have been Judy. I got Judy Martin. Yeah, okay. It's the same vein. It's the other most prominent speed skater from Montana. Bonnie Blair. Oh, gee. I know. Oh, How did I forget Bonnie Blair? Bonnie Blair is like an icon. I am so sorry. <laughs> Anyone, like, related... Somewhere in the lineage, forefather, foremother. I know, I know. I, that, it's almost embarrassing, I, folks. I, 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 it's so funny, too, because I found this cool database. There's this cool website where you can search states and countries, and it gives you all the Olympians ever from there. Yeah. But Bonnie Blair wasn't on there, which was fascinating. Wait, wait. Born, or, so you're saying these these are Olympians that were born but in... That's also... I didn't, I didn't track necessarily... Uh, was Bonnie born in Montana? Yeah, that's a good question. We will we will research this. Okay. The, the other one I forgot, it was a very prominent uh, skier around western Montana and definitely skied up at Snowball quite a bit, was Donovan Power. He was another great one uh, as well. But uh, okay. more on Olympians from Montana coming like up because I do think it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. We have an Olympian transplant here. Not an American Olympian, but Paul Renault. Oh, totally. Who ran track and played football for the University of Montana yep. and is a coach there. Yep. Ran for the National Belize team. Belize, that's right. And beat Carl Lewis in a prelim. Yep. And then as he would say, the next few times, the only thing he could say was, man, look at the heels on Carl's shoes. Those are nice. <laughs> and after that, that was it was literally in the dust. But there we have it. We have a, you know. We have to tell, we have to get Paul in the studio sometime because he has great stories. I love listening to his stories. And he's, oh. he's just such an interesting guy, just the way he is and his way of being. I love it. Yes. And the way he talks, you, you feel like he should be sitting in a rocking chair with a mint julep in his hand. <laughs> Gather around the children. Gather around the fire, children. It's story time. <laughs> Certainly. Paul Renault, P-Funk. Garden City Spotlight here. Uh, 
highlighting some of the best of the best from around Missoula. It's presented by Missoula Electric Co-op. you got uh, football camp next week, right, uh, there at Missoula Sentinels? Yeah, right? next week or so and coming then, up. And then fall camp starts in a couple. <sighs> what do you, what's your role this year? You offensive coordinator for the freshmen still? No, I was last year. I was a tight ends coach, and this year I'll be helping out more with uh, helping develop JV. We 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 lost a lot of kids, and we also subsequently lose coaches. You don't get to retain your coaching staff every year. Um, but I'm actually kind of stepping back a little bit from coaching because my son starts playing tackle football, and my daughter's playing soccer now, and we'll be doing gymnastics and ballet. So um, it's I'm actually starting to wane. Have my coaching. Years, I'm on the way, and I'm on the on the on the way down the hill, so I can walk back up the mountain for my kids as dad. Um, but yeah, I Sentinel's gonna it's double A football is gonna be very interesting this year yeah, overall, and I'm totally. looking forward to you know future segments talking about that. But I would say this: the word the word of the day in double A football, folks, is called parity. Yeah, it has found itself here in the great state of Montana. Yeah, I do think that there's uh, there's been some sort of uh, pretty pretty dominant programs the last couple years. Absolutely. Sentinel being one of them. Yes. Uh, but now I think there's a lot of teams that could be pretty good, and I think it's just going to come down to health, luck, and who can get going at the uh, get the momentum rolling downhill. So we'll come back to that. Uh, yes, sir. In hour number two. Thanks to Missoula Electric Co-op for the continued support of our Garden City Spotlight. Mm-hmm. Missoula Electric Co-op continues to focus on renewable energy in and around the Garden City. What is the most unbreakable record in baseball? We shall discuss. Right after this, keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. See, now this one, I got no idea. Don is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Hip-hop history like we do pretty much every Friday during the summer because 50th anniversary of hip-hop in America coming up officially next week. Pretty cool. Uh, Certainly one of the things that has uh, defined and uh, influenced America over the you know, the latter half of the 20th century and the the first quarter of the 21st century. What do we got there? That was Frankie Cutlass from back in the days. There was uh, used to guys. That's called a breakbeat, and guys would just make breakbeats, and then artists would pay DJs to bake these breakbeats, and then they would drop their lyrics over it. So there's a. Uh, in between the break, I'll play a song for you and Tommy. It's called Soul Clap, Showbiz and AG, who dropped some amazing lyrics over that same beat. And uh, it's 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 just amazing. Uh, but I love it when you just can kind of separate the lyrics from the music and just hear the amalgamation. Like, just that one loop, that's like six different albums. Like, just being mashed together. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, like... Hip-hop just brings this menagerie of, of music together. Yep. You can bring classical, rock and roll, death metal, jazz, like Liberace. Put it together, and all of a sudden, you're on your way down reserve just having that neck widget bopping. Like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is amazing. Um, but that's 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 what I love, man. So, yeah, thanks for another beautiful share-out of, of, of America's I would say, youngest form of music. I've had baseball on the brain uh, recently for a variety of reasons. First of all, this is when the, 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 the pennant races start to truly become interesting. The trade deadline is three days away, so it'll happen on Monday. We'll get you filled in who gets traded. But once the trade li- deadline happens, then you got buyers and sellers, so you kind of know 
who's going to try to to finish down the fit, down the down the stretch, and then who's going to try to take it to, all to take it all. And, and uh, so, you know, th- it's after the trade deadlines when it really gets real in Major League Baseball. The other reason I've had baseball in the Braves, I'm uh, reading this great book uh, called "Discipline Is Destiny," and uh, there was a great chapter about Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth and sort of the dichotomy between those two. Both outstanding New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. Babe Ruth, the definition of excess. Lou Gehrig, the definition <laughs> of straight and steady. The iron horse, you know, don't delineate. Do your routine, and, and you can play 2,130 games in a row. The irony is that then Lou Gehrig was stricken with this horrible disease and passed away far too young. But then... And the other horrible irony, Babe Ruth, his excess caught up to him almost instantly, and he was dead very shortly after Lou Gehrig, even though one lived a perfect life and one lived a life of excess. But uh, I digress. we also been talking so much baseball because the Missoula Paddleheads are in the throes of their season, and we have Paddleheads on the radio every single night, including coming up later on this evening as well, the Paddleheads up there in Kalispell taking on the Glacier Range Riders. Paddleheads hit seven home runs last night. <laughs> Unbelievable. Some of the offensive numbers they put up. But we've also been talking all summer, Rajib, about unbreakable baseball records. And we've referenced a few, but I wanted to know what you think. Andrew brought up some of the old school pitching records, like Cy Young's pitching records. Those are just never going to get touched because the game's changed so much. You're just not going to have. I mean, Cy Young finished every game he pitched, whether he was winning or losing or whatever. Like his innings and all that stuff is just, it's a whole other world. It's it's almost basically a different sport. Mm Mm-hmm. But there is some modern-day records and even relatively recent records that I think are are pretty unbreakable. But what came to mind for you first? Well, everyone talks about the 5,714 strikeouts by Nolan Ryan. But a lot of people don't talk about his 2,795 walks. Ooh, that's a good one. Right? Like, there's, there's, there's your polarity. Like... For, you always got to think if you're winning a lot of games, you're also losing a lot of games. For if sure. you're pitching, if you have that many strikeouts, you're also going to have X amount of walks. So that's one I think that will not be ever touched. Uh, one obscure one is by Ron Hunt in 1971. He was hit by 50 pitches. Whoa! I don't think that is ever going to be. There was that's one. Crazy. There was only one other, but that was after the American League was reformed into what is now known as Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. There was only mm-hmm. one other player mm-hmm. that that happened to, and it was one other hit. Um, I think that Henderson's base record won't ever be touched. Yeah. You know, 1,406, but the 132 in one season will also not be touched. Right. So uh, that's that's one thing that I, there's been this massive influx of analytics into the game. Mm-hmm. I get why analytics have become so prominent in baseball. It, it's just it's such a way to streamline winning. It also takes away a lot of what makes baseball great. Like some True. of what makes baseball great is just the swashbuckling nature of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like now, guys don't swing at pitches that they know that they can't hit because the analytics tell them not to. Mm-hmm. Forever and ever and ever, some of the great players in the history of the game, like Vladimir Guerrero comes to mind, Roberto Clemente comes to mind, they were swinging at pitches you would never swing at. No. And they're getting hits. Oh, totally. It's just like Ricky Henderson. You, the analytics tell you you should never try to steal third. It's bad for your team. If you're on second base, you're already in scoring position. You should wait till somebody hits you in. And what would Ricky say? Ricky's going to steal third. Ricky's going to steal third. Ricky's going to steal third. That's right. Yeah. And, and just, you know, <laughs> that's what made him so compelling and exciting, though. He's not even looking for the sign. He's not. He's just daring you. He's saying, hey, I'm going to nope. steal it. And letting you know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, letting you know. It's going to happen. It's not a matter yeah. if. It's just a matter of when. So you're right. That single season steals record of 100, 132 is absolutely never going to be broken because no one's ever even going to try to steal 
There, there won't even be 100 steal attempts in a season ever again, I don't think. No, 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 because the analytics say not to, right? They d- don't. Like, I, I also think there's an element where I, I do think that football specifically has hurt baseball in terms of the draw of premier athletes. Well, I guess what I'm getting at is Ricky Henderson came up during a time when baseball was the ultimate goal because football had not captivated the country nearly as much. Ricky Henderson, if he if Ricky Henderson was coming out of high school right now, he'd just be playing corner in the NFL, or he'd be an All American safety, or a safety, or a receiver. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, totally. His his speed and athleticism, people would be like, oh yeah, you're just gonna go to Alabama and play football, and then you're just totally. gonna go play in the NFL. Totally. Yeah, Ricky Henderson is a freak in nature. He was just a freak. Period. Um, some of the other records, uh, I don't know if you guys spoke about this, was Pete Rose's appearances at sure. plate, uh, over fifteen thousand plate appearances. Not sure that's going to be broken. Um, I'm going to say Hank Aaron's total um, total base appearances of 6,856. And and his RBI record is also probably never going to get Never going to get touched. Yeah. And then, you know, um, Hack Wilson's 191 RBIs yep. in 1930. Yep. Uh, just untouchable thing. Ichiro's 262 hits. Um, See, I, I wonder about that one. I actually, I, I, I wonder... It wouldn't surprise me that uh, as much if another um, player with international influence came along. I guess what I'm saying is if there was somebody to break the hits record, it would be somebody that came up in a different sort of training where now this day and age guys, they 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 don't ignore, but they don't prioritize their batting average. Getting all these hits doesn't matter. They're trying to get extra base hits or hit three-run home runs. Mm-hmm. But that's where Ichiro is so great because Ichiro's came in. He's like, hey, I'm playing a different sport. I'm basically a slap softball hitter, and I'm just going to spray it all over the field, and I'm the fastest guy in the world, so I'm just going to get on base all the time. If somebody else like that, especially from the Japanese league, came up, it, that actually was maybe one that could be threatened again. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it, it's he did it in 704 uh, appearances to the plate. So that's the other thing. You have to have nine or ten other guys that are getting um, more rotations around in your batting order to make those types of plate appearances too. So records like that isn't solely put on the square shoulders of an individual player. Those are like team-induced as well. So um, those were mine, and I was itching to tell you. And and uh, I hope I bought out some new ones, yeah, like the did. Ron Hunt getting yeah, hit Ron by pitches. Hunt is a good one. Yeah, man. And I uh, hope my man Jimmy Compton's listening because uh, he likes that baseball stuff. No doubt. And uh, we told you about the Helena Senators winning the deal. Uh, good job by the Missoula Mavs as well. They, Amazing. They, uh, they made it uh, to right before the, the championship round. They just ran into a tough Scarlets team that had a, an ace on the mound that, that threw a shutout to get to the championship match. And... Uh, I thought actually Missoula sort of had a little bit of an up and down year, but they started playing better in July and played well down the stretch and then were competitive at the state tournament. Mm-hmm. But this year it was Helena was the team to beat, there's no question about it. And then Billings, the Scarlets were the, the second best team and those Absolutely. and those two teams played for the state championship. So there's there's no shame in in being right behind them. Um let me ask you this. I think that part of what has made baseball so popular and so great throughout multiple generations is the statistical part of it, the chasing of records. Oh, yeah. I think actually most of the records are borderline, if not certainly unbreakable now. Is that going to affect the long-term popularity of the game? Like, I truly think that we're not going to see 
are we going to see another 300 game winner? I don't know. You know, are we are we going to see? I think 3,000 hits is still a good barometer. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if we're going to see it as prolifically. Not that it's been that prolific, but I mean, right. but usually there's one or two or three guys in a generation that are chasing it that we could still kind of see that. Um, I mean, the RBI records are so far out there, you know. I mean, you're not used to be that the sluggers were getting, you know, hitting. I mean, Lou Gehrig was driving in 150 to 175 runs all year for like a, a whole six or seven year span. Babe Ruth, too. I don't know. There's just so many different parts about the game that. Uh, I just don't know how many of the records are going to be chaseable. For me, my perspective in response to what you're saying, Coulter, is I don't ever feel that the mentality towards the game has changed. It's about long-term money versus... It's about immediate money versus long-time records now. Mm-hmm. People people are trying to keep their bank records more open than their actual sport mm-hmm. records. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a, is a nuance. I also think that... Um, the amount of I call it the LeBron proxy, and 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 I say that very cheekily. Um, guys, take time off now, for sure. You know, I'm gonna. T- I need to rest for the rest of the season. Sure. Some of these guys, you know, back in the day, were playing every game, selling cars, t- coaching high school sports, and endorsing you know Paul Mall cigarettes, all in the same um, all in the same breath. So the culture of the game has changed. Um, too many too too many aspects of it to take away from it. And no one cares about records. Like a lot of these younger players don't care about records. They are concerned. I think there's certain. I think there's single season records they still care about. I mean, Aaron Judge certainly cared about the whole yes, run record last he year. He did, but I would just say overall, the attention about those kind of things just aren't the same way. Part of that is no one's paying attention to baseball to bring that kind of stuff up the sure. way they used to. Like when Canseco and Sammy Sosa and 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 Bonds were, you know, it was the home run record. There was so much more interest in the sport across the board that then made the records more uh, prevalent and relevant to everyday conversation. We don't have that same type of energy and juice around it. Now it's more around basketball and football for sure. Yeah, other records that I, we brought up previously, uh, Cy Young and Nolan Ryan's pitching records. Of Bar- course. Barry Bonds' walk records. I, I Without know that, a doubt. I know the home run record is is asterisk or tainted or whatever you want to say, but, uh, you know, and I, and I also am not naive enough to think that the walks, both single season and career, weren't influenced by his maybe enhanced home run abilities. Yes. But that was but still, so poetic. But still, I mean, the 232 walks in one season. I mean, the dude had like a 600 on base percentage that one year. It's just not even possible that that's going to get touched again. No. We also brought up Hack Wilson's uh, RBI record, so that's that was yep. one we agreed on. Ricky Henderson steals records for sure. And then Sam Crawford's triples record, which you just got to text That's a good in. one. We yeah. just got to text in from a listener as well. Nice one. Uh, yeah, Sam Crawford, 309 career triples. He also had the single season record for triples. I can't remember what it was, but something like 29 triples in a season Ridiculous. or something like that. So uh, and also, that'll also not, probably not be challenged. Going back to Pete Rose, 4,256 hits. Yeah. Not sure that's ever going to be broken either. Totally. We'll see. We shall see. If you want to watch some baseball or any other sport, Silver Slipper will have it on for you. They got 55 TVs to watch all the sports, whether it's the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, or anything else you want to see. Silver Slipper will have it on for you. They got drink specials every day. 20 Kino Machines, a liquor store, and pizza. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team. At the Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Stop by and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets right there on Brook Street across from Walmart. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. We got a bunch of straight talk from all you guys. We got texts from the listeners that will prompt our discussions. Plus, we're going to talk some high school football in the state of Montana as well. And... 
Keep catching you up on all things around the world of sports on the national and international levels as well. That's all next. Keep it right here. Juan is now ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 